Welcome to the Rebel and Muse podcast, where you can join us on our journey of self-improvement. I'm Kaleo Wassman. And I'm Melanie Wassman. Tune in each week to discover how we find balance in health, love, and Delete, life. delete, delete, delete. Okay, from the from top. The top. <laughs> I'm just giving the play-by-play. <laughs> okay. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I'm excited about this one because I completely missed it. You did? Uh-huh. I was on tour and... And you doulaed this baby. I, I doulaed the baby. You doulaed yes. the baby. Yes. So what is doulaing? Well, first let's introduce our guest. Okay. We have Shauna Mota here, who's been on our podcast before. She was on episode four of the Rebel Amuse podcast, talking about nutrition and um, how she got into that. And she's been a friend of ours for 10 years now or something. Yeah, we met her at a, a naturopathic doctor that she was working for, and we became fast friends. And then her and I set up a, a, a I guess, a double din- dinner date with her husband and you. And both of you were very hesitant, super cute, right? And then you guys now are just like best of friends. So that's yes. the history there. Hi, Shauna. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Uh, oh, this is this is so incredibly excited. important. So, Melanie. What, what is, is a doula? doula? What is doula-ing? So a doula is a birth partner, a birth attendant. Mm-hmm. and Like a midwife? Um, no. Okay. Yes and no. Okay. It's along the same holistic line as a midwife, but a midwife goes through a lot of training and they basically are there to deliver the baby and to catch the baby. And they have um, so many amazing skills. And a, mid- a doula is there to kind of be the um, the go-between between the doctor and the mother, um, kind of helping out the um, both of the partners, basically, the, the mother giving birth and the mother's partner. Right. Um, and just making sure that the birth plan is carried out and is kind of your advocate throughout the entire process. Awesome. Yeah. Good. Thanks so for that Shana clarification. So Shauna asked me to be her doula, and I graciously accepted because I was so excited. And um, we're, we have her here today to talk about her birth, birth process. Yeah, so I don't, should we begin from the beginning? Yeah, or let's go from the beginning. Just deciding to do what the vision that I set forward. Because mm-hmm. we know, you know, the, your birth plan, it rarely happens how you want it. So let's go all the way back to you deciding to give birth where you did. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's quite an overwhelming process for a first-time mother, probably even second and third-time mothers, to decide what your birth plan looks like. There are many options out there, a lot of which people don't know about. And I come from, you know, a holistic background, alternative medicine, and so I am blessed to have such an amazing community um, of women and healers that guided me into the direction that I chose. And so I chose, um, I did start my my birth or my pregnancy journey with an obstetrician, um, Dr. Cap- Capitanakis in Encinitas. He was absolutely amazing. And we saw him actually for the first half of our pregnancy. Um, however, I did know early on that I wanted to opt for a natural birth with um, midwives and a doula and so I did choose to deliver at the Tree of Life in Encinitas 
it's such a beautiful place, but it's basically a birthing center. And so the difference between, you know, there's home births, there's birthing centers, there's hospital births. So we have multiple options. And the difference between a birthing center and a home birth is just that you're in a location that it's more a st- sterile environment and it's a place that you go to bring your baby into the world. You still have midwives and a doula as you would at a birth, a home birth at home. And the difference between a hospital birth is that these birthing centers do not have any medical interventions. So when you think of epidurals, C-sections, whatever, whatever they do, you know, all the medical interventions that are available at a hospital are not available at the birthing center. So you are opting for a completely natural, unmedicated childbirth. And that that's the only option at the birthing center. Unless there may be some sort of complication where you would have to be transferred, right? That, that would be the only way that you would actually have that intervention. Correct. And yeah, yeah. of course, exactly. Yeah. And so why did you decide to go with Dr. Cap in the beginning, or at least um, do your preliminary checkups in pregnancy? Yeah, I think, I mean, he's he's a wonderful OB. Mm-hmm. I, I have friends that have delivered with him. He's like one of the most popular um, in Encinitas. And I think because it was my first time, I felt... I felt that I had to to mm-hmm. see an obstetrician. I felt like I had to go that Western medicine route, although he is very alternative. So he is very supportive of nat- natural childbirth, and he actually encourages it. Mm-hmm. But I, I just felt that I had to go that route to get a taste and see what what that looked like, um, and to then feel confident enough to go out, uh, you know, out on on my own and do do the birthing center. Right. So to make that decision, you wanted to see both sides. I and if I'm not mistaken, Dr. Cap is also um, trained in midwife techniques too. Yes. So yeah, he's very integrative when it comes down to, yes. to that process. Yes, he's absolutely amazing. Yeah, I've had um, friends that do that as well. And to be honest, if Dr. Cap would was open to delivering in a birthing center, I absolutely would have had him there. But he only delivers in hospital, which is why we chose to switch care to the Tree of Life. Mm, tree of Life. It was so beautiful. They have two um, two rooms, the sun moon sun room and the moon room, and little baby Soleil was born in the sun room. But I'm jumping ahead. I was just very excited. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell us about your decision to um, to have it at the birthing center. Was your husband on board with that? Yeah. So, again, very blessed to have um, an incredibly supportive husband and birth partner, and he you know, he really honored the process of the woman going through pregnancy and and childbirth. And so he, he let me make the ultimate decision on pretty much everything throughout pregnancy and childbirth because he recognizes and again, honored that it was my body. Mm, That's so beautiful. I can imagine it would be very scary for him to just kind of let go and um, and trust, you know, instead of wanting everything to be safe, definitely safe. Well, quote unquote, unquote safe. What what right. we what we've learned that is safe. Well, first baby too. I mean, there's so much unknown. Uh huh. You know, mm-hmm. so that was really nice that he allowed you to guide that process. Yeah, and there was definitely a lot of fear on his end, mm-hmm. um, going into it and during it, and especially before making that decision to not go that route because you know there is always that what if. You know, what if something happens? What if there is an emergency? And I know for Daniel and my husband and a lot of my family, that that question came up. What if, you know, what happens then? And, you know, luckily the birthing center that we chose to give 
to bring Soleil into the world at. Um, they are all midwives that are also trained registered nurses that are all on staff at Scripps Hospital. And it's one exit away on the freeway. And mm-hmm. if, if, what if, there was an, you know, an emergency, they transfer with you and continue the, your care at the hospital, which was yeah. made Daniel feel a lot more confident with his decision. Yeah, that that does give a lot of peace of mind, I'm sure. Um, my sister-in-law had a home birth, and the nearest hospital was 45 minutes minimum away. So that was a big, you know, a fear as well um, with the families and everything. But, of course, that baby happened perfectly. <laughs> All right, so when you decide to go with the Midwife Center, what is the process like from um, decision to labor do they do you have to go in and get checked up do you have ultrasounds I mean what is is it similar to having a, a baby in a hospital yeah so it is the exact same process you you go in for your visits the same as you would if you were seeing an obstetrician they do um, encourage less ultrasound just because of yeah they do encourage less unless they think there's an issue so I did have an extra one because she was breached and or they thought she was breached, and she was, and we had to do another one to double check that she moved into position. But you go for your regular checkup visits. They check your blood pressure. They check, you know, the position of the baby. They talk you through. The difference that I experienced, which I, I really want to share, is when we transferred care over to them and had our initial consultation with the Tree of Life, with the midwife, um, Stacy was her name, it was like an hour, maybe longer of a process. Like we were on a full on interview going through detailed medical history, you know, our relationship. If I felt safe at home, like the most detailed wow. interview to, to make sure that we were good candidates for this, but also so that they really, truly know their patients so that they can tailor their care towards them. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. That is beautiful. Wow. I think now, of course, I've, I've never had a child, but from what I hear and in all, all of my studies, um, you know, a lot of people don't know that they do have options. So they um, become pregnant and they go to the doctor and they're guided into things that may not be necessary. Um, maybe testing or, um, you know, a lot of ultrasounds, whatever it is. And I think that it takes away the woman's power to have to go through all that and not know that they have choices. Absolutely. Yeah. And especially for a first time mom with all the fears, self doubt, yeah, the overwhelm that comes with that, it's really easy just to go down the guided path of, of Western medicine and do all the tests, do all the things, you know, and, and have a very premeditated or pre-planned birth and it t- completely takes you out of it, out of the equation, because you're just going, you know, down an assembly line mm-hmm. of what, you know, a lot of, of Western medicine has created. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so let's come, let's get to the good stuff here. Let's get to the, the baby being born. So you went into labor, and how was that? When did you know? Actually, I know exactly when you knew because you called me. <laughs> yeah. So it was, um, so she was due on Friday, March 15th, and a few hours after that. So it was actually just 1 a.m. the next day. Mm-hmm. So she was quite on time. Yeah. Um, I woke up in the night with these, this wave of, um, or a surge of 
sensation, I'll call it. <laughs> Some may call it I pain. Like yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I started getting these waves and surges and I, I kind of waited and it, I think 10 minutes passed. I kind of fell back asleep and then another one came and I was like, oh, this oh, is it. That's a contraction, Game right? On. Yes. Oh, got it. I was like, okay, I'm going to put this together. I, I actually heard of this word before. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Sorry to interrupt. Go on. Yeah. So the, they began um, at about one, one, between one and one thirty, And then I woke up my husband and I was like, it's, it's happening. It's happening. And he was like, oh, and he got really excited and jumped up. And I'm like, no, they told us to sleep. They told us to sleep yeah. as much as we can, especially if it comes at night because you have to rest and save all your energy. So I know because what I'm, how do you go back to sleep after that? It's hard. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, did, did you? Did you go back to I sleep? I did. I mean, you have 10 minutes, you know, it was about 10 minutes in between to start. So you, it was this, I don't know, I wouldn't call it sleep. It was kind of this alternate universe of like, you're just on these waves and you kind of go back into a sleep and then back, kind of like when you're in Shavasana in yeah. yoga. <laughs> okay, now before we go on with this journey, I have one question that just popped in my head and I need to say it before I forget. What supplements were you using, if any? Before your birth, before my birth, yes, like during, during pregnancy. pregnancy, yeah, or during right? pregnancy. So I was taking a prenatal, mm-hmm. um, a, far, a what was it, a farm to table, basically, like a very um, organic prenatal. I was taking fish oil, okay, and um, towards the end of pregnancy, Melanie actually made me um, a healing tea that can help with um, th- with the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Incredible. What yeah. was that, Mel? That was um, mostly raspberry leaf. Nice. And some peppermint. Yeah. This was, it's kind of a uterine tonic to prepare the, the womb. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Uterine tonic. Babe. Uterine tonic. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, okay. So, so sorry. I just really wanted to know what was going on in that department as well. Yeah. I was kind of a minimalist in that. Great. Yeah. 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 Awesome. And so you're sleeping 10 minutes at a time. And when do you decide like, okay we shouldn't be sleeping anymore. Yeah, so it, it goes through um, by 9 a.m. It was around 9 a.m. I mean, I was in touch, of course, with the with the midwives at the birth center and Melanie the whole time. I should actually say at 4.45 a.m. I went to the bathroom. Sorry, Kaleo, but you get to hear all the details. Oh. Um, a little bit of, like, I had a little bit of this water squirt out. And I was like, was that the water breaking? Not really sure. Because I heard when the water breaks, you you know. Um, and it was just a little trinkle. And they're like, I don't know. I don't know if it was. So go through the night. Um, by 9 a.m., we were about three minutes apart. Mm-hmm. And it was what I would say the most excruciating, intense pain that I've ever had. So they they, oh, wow. they ask you to come in when you're between one and three minutes apart. Um, it needs to last, the contraction or wave would last a full minute and you shouldn't be able to talk through the contractions. So I was at 9 a.m. was at what I believed was that, the mm-hmm. definition of that and Melanie came over. Yeah, I came over and I, I knew exactly when you were gonna have a, a contraction because your leg would start to shiver and you got goosebumps all over. And your sister was right there, Daniel was right there, and, and I was right there, and I was just raking you. And it would, yeah, it would last about a minute or more, and then it was like, okay, it subsided. Um, but that was, you know, Daniel was like, should we go in, should we go in? And it was about, it was very close together. So Would we call that active labor? Um, yes. Yeah, so yeah. active labor began by around 9 a.m., yeah. I would say. Mm-hmm. So we go in. <laughs> So we go in and um, we get in around 10 a.m. 
and the first thing they want to do, of course, is check the cervix to see how dilated you are. For those that don't know, you want to get to 10 centimeters of dilation, and that's when the pushing typically begins, and the baby, you go into like full active active labor to get the baby pushed out. Okay. Um, and uh, again, I thought I was there, Kaleo. Right. I was there in my mind, and I mean, everyone saw, witnessed, like, I was there. So they check my cervix when we get in, and I was one to two centimeters dilated. <laughs> Oh, which so is basically, long... that's basically your heart just sinks. It's like right, you're, you're a long be road. This, I have a lot, wait, long ways to go. Right, so you're you're basically nowhere near the recommended Correct. active labor. Correct. Right. So I like did not even need to go into the birthing center. Okay, okay. <laughs> but it was. But good now we're we here to get settled in mm-hmm. and set up. You know, Daniel was so amazing. He had snacks for everyone and water and he kept making sure me and your sister were hydrated and fed and so yeah so we go in and that's got to be a little bit um discouraging when you hear that number it was for me because in my mind in my body in my heart in my soul i thought i it it, that was it like i'm like i cannot possibly get more intense intense than this right 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 it was the the threshold of pain. And here's the cliffhanger. Dun, dun, dun. Did it? Yes. Wow. <laughs> it got much worse. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, now, because I, I, I know so little of this, so how far away are you from being fully dilated and going into active Abra at the moment that we're here walking this into the, the birthing unknown. center? At this point, it's yep. the unknown. Okay. Because every woman is different. Mm-hmm. Some right. women, it could be two hours. Yeah. Uh, some, it could be two days. Interesting. Yeah. From where I was at, especially since I was barely dilated. So going in wasn't really like a, a jump the gun call. Going in was like, you may have only had two hours to to well, get ready for that kind of situation. Sure, possibly. But here's the deal. If you have a hospital birth, they'll send you home because they don't want you to take up a bed for that long. Um, but the midwife center said, well, you, you're welcome to go home or you're welcome to just stay here. You know, you, we don't, it, it's not like they're trying to turn and burn beds. Right. They're, that's your room for yeah. until you have a baby. I mean, why not have as little stress as possible during this super extremely painful, stressful time? You know, so kudos to the, the birthing center. Living yeah. tree, was it? Tree of life. Tree of life. life. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go on. Yeah. So 10 a.m., we did have the option to go home and continue continue laboring at home, going for a walk on the beach. Um, none of those seemed like an option for me where I was at because contractions in the hot car in traffic on the way to the birthing center, not fun. So I decided I'm not getting back in the car. We're staying here for the long haul. And everyone was okay with that, obviously. Of course. <laughs> um, so about um, a few hours later, they checked me again. And I remember I was like, I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know where I'm at. And my husband, Daniel, as well, he was like, I don't want to know. Melanie, I think you knew. knew, knew. So I was at Uh, four. (laughs) And that was how many hours later? Oh, gosh. Like six. Six hours later. Yeah. So again, very Kaleo, very slow progression. Um, Very slow progression. And here's where I was at because everyone's, you know, you try to explain the mental, physical, emotional state while you're in labor um, or the birthing journey, I like to call it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was on another planet. I My eyes were closed 90% of the day. 
Mm-hmm. I was taking myself to my happy place, which was a waterfall in Zion. I was meditating. I was going through breath work with Melanie. I was, I don't even know where I was for this amount of time to have passed. I have no idea, but I would open my eyes here and there and, and know that there, there, there is a break between the waves or the contractions. So okay. you do get a, a relief, but I was resting and keeping my eyes closed and kind of staying in this state of, mm-hmm. I can't, it's, it's like a meditative state in a weird way. It's, it's such a, curious thing that I was in the most pain I've ever been in my life, but also the most peaceful in a way. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you are very present at this moment. Oh yeah. You're there. (laughs) Yeah. You're nowhere else. You're there. It's the most present I've ever been in anything in my entire life. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So during this time, during these, uh, this amount of hours, um, we were getting you to walk around a little bit. Daniel was making sure that you were staying hydrated and, and having little bites of food. Um, you know, healthy popsicles and, and just kind of keeping you stable that way. Um, we were oming, we were keeping your voice really low. So little fun fact for those of you out there who haven't um, had a baby before, if you keep your voice very low, that low vibration helps to um, release the muscles and the tension around the, cer- the cervix and the pelvis. But if you go really high, like a high-pitched um, sound, squeal, scream, whatever you want to call it, it actually contracts those muscles and tissues down there. So it's the opposite of what you want. So Shauna was amazing. She just, I, I would say, okay, stay with me, look at me in the eyes, keep it low. And she, okay, okay. And not at one point during this entire process did she t- tell me, no, I can't do it or anything like that. It was okay. Okay, it was beautiful to see. Okay, so what, because again, like what hour of day are we at now? Because these contractions started at 1 a.m. of that day, correct? Yes. Okay, so what hour are we about that you're four centimeters dilated at this point? Oh, maybe like five? P.M. Yeah, four, four, five. Okay. Yeah. I mean, this just sounds like a long time. It is a marathon times yeah. 10. Wow. Okay. So so pick it up there. And, yep. All right. Go. So again, like Melanie said, we were walking around. I was in a rocking chair. I was on a ball in the bed. I was in the tub. Changing it up. Just kept changing <laughs> oh it up. As the time. We're like changing it up. Some things worked. Um, I have to say Melanie had this incredible technique, which is why I'm going to recommend a doula um, of... It's, she would press my hips together from the back and it would actually relieve a lot of the pain from the contraction. So we joke that for, I mean, 12 hours straight during active labor, I was, you know, calling Melanie. Oh, I'm like, Melanie, Melanie, it's coming. It's coming. And she would come and squeeze my hips and it would really help me get through it. But, um, Kaleo to move it right along. Um, I had no concept because I was in this alternate planet universe um, in your meditative state. My meditative state. And what is the anatomy behind you pushing the hips together? Mm, okay. So if you see, if you look at a pelvis as like a butterfly, uh-huh. right? So you press on the top together and okay. it releases the pressure on the bottom. No kidding. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So the, um, the yeah. So anyway. It was a lifesaver. Just oh, know that. Okay. And, awesome. And Reiki the whole time. <laughs> wow. It yeah. really supported me through the process. Good um, work, doula. 
Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Okay. So I had no concept of time. What is what I, what is what I was going to say? Yeah. Relative. Obviously, but I, I mean, I didn't. I was not on my phone. That's another big thing. Like there was no. I was in. I was in it. Yes. I was in the zone. No phone. No concept of time. Sun starts to set, and that's when I was like, okay. Oh. Wow. It has been a long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember there. Um, I was in the tub and it. I was at my breaking point and Susan, the midwife, said, Sean, it's time to get out of the tub and we have to check your dilation. We have to check your cervix again. And I pulled my husband into the bathroom. They, they it did encourage me to keep trying to go to the bathroom as well mm -hmm. um, to urinate. And I went into the bathroom with him and I was sitting there and I just looked at him and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I said, if, if we're not close, um, I'm, we're going to the hospital. And wow. yeah, I had, I that had was your one moment. Wow. That was my moment. Mm -hmm. So all the preparation has led up to this one moment right yep. here in the bathroom mm -hmm. where you bring Daniel, who's been supporting this the whole way, but also, but also sharing with you his, his fear about, you know, going off the unconventional path, which actually it is the most conventional way of natural way of doing things. So you have this breaking point and and I know that you don't have any concept of time, but now the sun has set already. You pull him into the bathroom and... What does he say? And Daniel, he grabbed my shoulders and he looked at me in the eyes and he said, Shauna, we're not going to the hospital. You chose this path. You were born to do this. Oh my gosh. He said, you have the power. I think he probably even said, you have the power of the divine feminine within you. You were born to do this and we're bringing this baby into the world here. And you can do this. Wow. Yeah. Cue the tears. <laughs> Cue the tears. Oh, well, that's why he's such gosh. a good mate. He yeah. was yeah. the best. It, he was just, oh my gosh. He, he did so not leave my side the entire dun, 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 23 hours that I was in labor. <laughs> he did Whole... not leave my side. Wait a minute, wait a minute. 23. Yeah, so we're almost at, there. <laughs> so, so 11 p.m.? Well, wait, we're not there yet. Oh, okay, okay, yes. okay. So we, okay, so we have this moment and he, he actually used, um, the tree of life also had a really amazing birthing class that we took prior to kind of preparing you for the birthing journey. And they talked about that you're going to hit these, you're basically in a labyrinth. So they, um, likened it to an, a labyrinth there where there's only one way in and one way out. You're going to get there, but you're going to hit these roadblocks along the way or these doors. So he, Daniel used that terminology. He's like, you're at the the great gate of self-doubt right now. And he's like, that's what's happening, but you've wow. got this. And it was something that we went over in our class and I'm like, oh, like that's, I'm there, but I'm on, he's like, you're, you're going to make it to the end of the labyrinth. What a cool way so to look beautiful. at it. You make, so yeah. cool. he you, loved make it, it. you make it a story like a story. that. Yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's a journey. Yeah. Wow. So okay. we go to get checked and I was at nine centimeters which is one away from 10, obviously, um, and, and close. And so, so then all the elation and excitement, it's like, okay, okay, right. we're here. Okay, we're yeah, close. yeah, yeah. We're close. Game on. And so the way that Susan said it was like, you're almost, you're almost there. I mean, you're so close to 10. So five hours later. Wow. <laughs> okay, so let me interject really, really quickly. This is the longest centimeter ever. Well, it could, if you're at nine, Uh-huh. It could go, I mean, once you start pushing, your body knows when to push. Okay. Um, and you're not supposed to push until you feel that, that urge, that mm -hmm. need to push. 
Um, if you do, if you are medicated, you don't know, you know, in the movies where they're yelling, push, push, push. Yeah. Well, it's because you can't really feel it. There's a, a pressure, but if you have the epidural, it's not. So once you're having a contraction, mm-hmm. then they tell you to. Um, so she was, Shauna was just at that point where once she starts to feel that urge to push, it could take 20 minutes or it could take two hours. So every vagina is different. What makes this 10 <laughs> centimeter thing a universal deal here? The body's <laughs> innate wisdom. I don't, I mean. Yeah, I, I don't. It's good just, question though, right? I'm I mean, like, why is 10 centimeters the. how much it needs to, um, to dilate for the baby to pass through the birth canal. Right. But I mean, this, but all the different factors of how big a baby will be and, and the opening. It's like, what makes yeah. 10 like the, the number? It's a good round number. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So you're at nine. At this point, we had you in the pool, which was comforting. But it was also, I, I can imagine you, it was kind of an awkward place to be pushing. Yeah. So I loved the tub and just to go on my vision of, of the birth was to deliver Soleil in, and have this beautiful water birth. So the, the goal was to deliver in the tub, to bring her into the world under the water. She's a Pisces and it just, it was it was part of my perfect vision mm-hmm. of, of, of this whole birthing process. So I was in the tub, mo- the majority of the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in there pushing and it was, the, the warm water is so soothing and calming and it just felt really grounding and I loved being in there. I think what was my struggle, and I was in the tub on my back, I was on my side, I was squatting, I was all over the place in the tub. I think what was difficult for me was that I'm really short. And my legs, it was having, I was having trouble, like I, my legs couldn't reach Bearing the end down. of the, the tub. So I, oh, yeah. so they weren't bent. They were more straight out a little bit. Mm. So I was tugged. I was holding them in towards my chest. I just, it was, there was just something off, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but also what happened for me is I didn't realize how hard you had to push. Well, right. Actually, well, this is baby number one. We're figuring you're figuring yes. out a lot of things. Yes. Well, here. and also, Shauna, you are you are so so freaking adorable. So between contractions, she's over there not trying to be funny, but saying things that were just cracking us up. She was pushing for three hours in the tub, and she stopped and she goes, "Wait a minute, is this is this what pushing is? Am I pushing?" Oh, we're like, yeah. "Oh my god, sweetheart, you've been pushing for three hours." Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. All new things, all new things, all new right. definitions, all, all new, new sensations. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we, I think, in total, how long did I end up pushing for? Four and a half, almost five hours. Yeah, almost five hours, which is quite. That long. is an extent. That's an extensive push. <laughs> that is quite uh, session. Long. Yes. Right. Yeah. So the way. Um, so again, we're in the tub. She kept crowning, so that her head kept popping out and then sucking back in, popping out and sucking back in because I was resisting. <laughs> oh. I was resisting. You should see face right now. This this just reminds me of whack a mole or oh something. You know God. what I mean? Pops out. Pops. Yeah. yeah pops out. Pops in. Okay. Yeah. So I, essentially, I didn't. I was resisting. Uh huh that the the full push because I didn't realize how hard you had to push so I kept I kept backing off at the end and it would go back in and go and they you know they I remember halfway through that they're like oh she has so much hair and I was like oh like you can see it and they're like yeah you can go down and touch the head if you want and I was like eh I I don't know if I want to do that and they're like oh sometimes it helps so I did I did end up touching and feeling the head and that was I I can't even I don't think there's words to describe what that feeling was for me um wow. but i knew she was i knew she was coming mm-hmm. 
I knew she was she coming. Was um, and they do, um, just so you know, they, they do, when you're in that active, active labor, they do check the heart rate after every single contraction. Mm-hmm. So just know that the baby is monitored. Like, like a, what do they call that? Um, they put the gel on your stomach and... No, not an ultrasound. Oh, So yeah. it's this little, um, kind of like a tiny little like a wand microphone. like yeah yeah oh. and they just they they push it they put it like right low on the mother's abdomen no way and you can hear the baby's heart rate awesome. well, so didn't even know that existed a little bit different in a hospital you they have a fetal monitoring system or which you can't walk around with mm. or they have one that they kind of strap onto you that you're monitored the whole time that okay. you can walk around with but it's very cumbersome mm. so this was just way more natural they just came up with this cool little wand microphone thing whenever they needed to Rad. and checked her yeah, yeah it's beautiful yeah it was pretty amazing and and baby baby's heart rate stayed the same the entire time because you know some of the fear would be that the fact that she's in that birth canal for that long not able to kind of push through would, the pelvis would stress the baby out correct right or like lack of oxygen there, i mean there's there All would kinds. be a lot of fears i you're not thinking like when you're in it you're, none of those fear, you're not thinking about anything but the contractions and getting this baby out. So mm-hmm. then there was that point where, you know, we're getting to the end of the road and they were like, okay, we need to change the water in the tub. So they need to keep the water at body temperature. It's really important when you're delivering in the water because what happens is when the baby comes out and it, it's, you're, the baby's in water inside of you, right? This mm-hmm. whole nine and a half months of gestation, they're, they're growing inside of you. They're living in a water sack. So coming out into the water and keeping it body temperature, it's the same thing as if they were still in your body. So the coolest thing that I learned is that the baby doesn't actually take its first breath until it hits the air. So it's a change of pressure, the change of oxygen and the temperature that actually has them take that first breath. So when the baby comes out in the water, it doesn't breathe yet. It's still as if it were in your belly, which is fascinating. So that's that's why it needs to stay at that temperature. Correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That is a really it's cool. It's really that, cool. That, that's a yeah. cool fact. So the other thing is, you can keep the baby there. I think they said in Germany in our birthing class there was somewhere in just either Russia or Germany where they actually keep the babies under the water mm-hmm. for about. Um, 15, 20 minutes to wait until the placenta stops pulsing and then they pull it out for air and the baby will not breathe underwater. It will, again, it will still be getting the oxygen through the mom, through the umbilical cord. Wow. So everyone's born a free diver. Yeah. Yeah. How cool is that? I, yeah, for me, I I still (laughs) wish I could breathe underwater. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes. (gasps) So that was really cool. That is a Um, very, very cool. Yeah. So then, um, they, again, they're like, we need to change the water and we want you to try to, to pee again. And I really didn't want to get out of the tub. I remember right. I was like, right. because I'm it's like, so cozy when you get out you know, you get that chill you and you have to, to stand around. up and like, and you, you're, wherever you are, you're, the contractions don't stop. It's not like, okay, let's stop because now I'm getting out of the tub or because I'm on the toilet. It, they keep coming. Mm-hmm. The pushing keeps happening wherever you are. So, so I had to negotiate with her. I'm like, Sean, I'm going to give you two more contractions kay. and we're going to get out. She's like, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get out, we go on the tub or on the toilet. And um, again, at this point, because it, we're so far, we're so close to the end, everyone comes with me to the bathroom. <laughs> and the bathroom was beautiful. There were no lights on. We just had some salt lamps, candles, candles that, the, yeah. yeah, that gave this um, ambiance, but there was not much light. So mm-hmm. I remember the midwife and the nurse and the midwife assistant came in. They're, they're squatted down with a flashlight in the toilet, 
just watching because as I'm crowning. trying to pee, right. she's crowning. The head's starting to come out. And then Melanie was there doing the hip thing. Daniel was squished up against the wall behind the toilet, just like holding me. And your sister was videoing. Yep, my sister and Allison came, and they were videoing from the door. And everyone was with me in the bathroom. And um, Stacy looked at me, and she said, "She goes, honey, we're at the end of the road." And she said, "I know that you want you have this perfect picture of your water birth, and that you're that is your vision." But she's like, "You're actually making a lot of progress here." in this position on the toilet, how do you feel about doing a few more pushes here? And, and I, I asked the midwife assistant um, if she had any yoga blocks or a squatty potty or something. Because I know with my shorter legs, like I wouldn't, you know, you need to bear down on something. So she found something and brought these two little blocks. So yes. her feet were on blocks. So like a squatty potty, essentially. Yeah. Okay. So in full squat position. Um, Which is super primal and probably comfortable. Well, it's the most that, comfortable yeah. place to push, right? right. It's, it's natural. Well, hopefully you're toilet. not pushing that hard. <laughs> oh, you during, are? No, no, no. Not having a baby. Oh, during. Poop. Right, yeah. right, right. Knock yeah, a O-ring out or something. But so two more pushes and. Yeah, so a few more pushes and um, that's where Soleil came into the world was on the toilet so we pushed (laughs) you push through it's like the most I can't even you push through the head they call it the ring of fire which is when the widest part of the baby is that that is the head right or is it is it is it's it's the widest part of the head that comes through So how did that feel so I would explain it as I mean to be honest you guys the contractions coming up to before the pushing were the most painful part that I experienced. Interesting. Which people would probably think the pushing hurts. Once you're pushing, you're actually doing something. It actually, the pain isn't as much. It's very intense. But for me, the most painful thing was that last stage of labor of the intense contractions before pushing. So at this stage, you're just pushing as hard as you can, pushing, pushing. I remember I, I, they wanted me to tuck my chin into my chest, lean forward. I was holding my ankles, pushing, pushing, pushing. Baby's head comes, and they call it the ring of fire. So you do feel kind of this burning sensation. Mm-hmm. It's not pleasant, but mm-hmm. it's not, again, it, it just is. And you know you're there. You know you're so close. So you're right. mentally, you're there. Right. So you just keep pushing and pushing. And I remember one other thing just to note was, especially if you haven't had a baby yet, I was for a long time of the pushing for a few hours, I was putting a lot of the energy into my vocals, into my voice. So I was making some really intense primal sounds. Primal, primal groaning sounds, which was great. And it, it did serve me for a bit of time. But there, it was the point when Stacy said, okay, we're going to shift gears. I want you to silence your voice, close your mouth, silence your voice, and put all of that energy into the push. And that's when I actually figured out how to how, how hard and how wow. to push. So I was as silent as possible. Things were still coming out, but you push through the head, push, push, push. And then I heard Stacy say to Daniel, Daniel, we're going to ask you to, in a moment, to lift Shauna up. Meaning stand up on to the stand blocks. Up, okay. To stand up so that we can we can pull the baby out so she doesn't deliver in the toilet. <laughs> so I knew it was coming. Yeah. So pushing, pushing, pushing. And then they just said, Daniel, you're on. They lift me up mm-hmm. and they, the baby head pops out. And then they essentially twist the baby. They have to twist the baby the around and twist the shoulders. And then they pulled her out and she came out. And then she sat right back on the toilet and they put her on her chest. 
It was perfect. Wow. It was so beautiful. And at that moment, um, Talia was in the doorway with Allison. I was still kind of behind you or to the side of you. And they just, everyone just started, ah! Like it happened. It yeah. was, the, I mean, everyone was in tears. Yeah, my Talia sister was like wailing, crying. <laughs> yeah, it was so beautiful. Awesome. So then we take her to the bed. And at this point, you know, you have another birth, basically. You have to birth a placenta. But they take her to the bed, and um, baby was on you. And then tell me what happened from there. Yeah, I think one of the most empowering parts of birth, um, and Allison really illuminated this for me, seeing it from the other side, was right after she came out and she was on my chest, it's as if the last 23 hours didn't happen. The pain, mm. it was erased, it goes away. And you're you have it's like this strange euphoric feeling and i mean you can't explain meeting your child for the first time wow. it's the most magical feeling in the world and so i walked to the bed which some people you know i mean i gave birth standing up which is pretty crazy yeah. and then i walk <laughs> i walk with my baby on my chest and it was like that hero's journey walk that i'm like wow. and it was the most empowering feeling and you can see it in the video and also everyone else in the room saw that 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 mm-hmm. that power of holding my baby i did this and i walked to the bed yeah. and then yeah and then we passed we she went right on my chest she s- looked at me for about 20 minutes oh straight my gosh, in the eyes i have a photo of her just staring just staring at you. which was so I, I again overwhelming feeling that it's really hard to describe and then um umbilical cord or the placenta comes out daniel cuts the umbilical cord and then they did um skin on skin time with the father too which i oh, thought was so beautiful yeah that was beautiful. so baby went on daniel's chest for another 20 minutes or so mm-hmm. then we got her feeding and it just, yeah it was all like i was in this elated state euphoric state um and i i actually i don't think i've gotten out of it oh <laughs> three and a half months later three and a half months Wow. Well, she is absolutely perfect. I've had so much fun with her over the last two, three days now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, wow, what a story. I, what a cool journey. So what do you, what advice do you have for um, first time mothers that are trying to navigate this whole system? You know, like we said in the beginning, it's a lot of people don't know that you have these options and there is a lot of fear around it. You want everything to be perfect. Right, do you want everything to go well and be safe? Do you have any advice for mamas? Well, know that nothing will ever be perfect. <laughs> My, you know, when I said water birth, I meant in a tub, not on the toilet, but it was still beautiful. So there's a few it things was. that I want. I, I want to start with. No matter how your child comes into this world, that is perfect. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what your vision is. It doesn't matter if you want a home birth and you end up in the hospital. If you want a hot, it, it literally doesn't matter. Your child coming into the world is a miracle. It is magical and nothing will take that away. So no matter if your birth plan goes the way you want or not, or if you, if you just choose, you know, there's women out there that are like, I just want the drugs. I don't want the pain. I don't want to deal with it. Fine. You know, that that's your option. That, and the beautiful thing is, is that we have this choice. So a lot of us don't realize that we have a choice. And I think, you know, we live in a culture that celebrates personal empowerment and personal choice, but then we're not really empowered, we're disempowered when it comes to, um, to come to birth. And a lot, you know, a lot of Western medicine 
that whole route, you know, they, they guide you, like we said, they guide you into one lane that is birth or birth, the birthing journey and labor is an illness and it has to be treated as such. So it needs to be done in a hospital with medical intervention. And that's what they tell you. And that's just simply not true. And again, if you choose that route, great. Whatever you choose is perfect. But I just want people to know that it's the most empowering experience in the world to do, to let your body take over, to let your body, to tap into that innate wisdom and allow it to flow through you and allow it to happen and know that you can do it. So that's what I want to say is you can do it. It can be a beautiful spiritual experience as it was for me even though you are, yes, in the most excruciating agony that you'll probably ever experience in your life. Um, But for mother and baby, it can be such a beautiful spiritual experience. And um, I think what's really important is that you select a birthing team that supports whatever vision it is that you have. Mm -hmm. Because I could not have done it without you, Melanie. Mm -hmm. I could not have done it without Daniel and the Stacy and um, Leslie. They were, everyone at the Tree of Life was absolutely amazing. The environment, it just really comes down to that choice. So even if you do select to have a hospital birth, know that you can, you know, you can create the atmosphere, the healing atmosphere, the energy that you want. You don't have to, when they, when they're, when they're offering you things, you don't have to take them, Mm -hmm. you know, and in the hospital, they're going to push for an epidural. They're going to push for you know, Pitocin to speed up the process. It's it's all, you know, it's a machine there. They want it to get out as quick as possible. And that's just how, that's how it is there. And, and that's fine. And some women want that mm-hmm. and that's okay. So again, knowing that you have a choice, it can be such a, it is such a beautiful experience. And I just want all women to know, no matter what you think your pain tolerance is or the fears and doubts you have around what your body can do, just know that your body was designed to bring children into the world it can do it it will do it and it's it's so empowering to come on the other side you know having done it naturally and the strength the courage I mean you come out feeling that you can handle anything that life throws at you anything at all anything Mm -hmm. wow Shauna thank you so much for being here and sharing this and and just you know what we do here we just want to say like there's so many ways to to do things that that we were never really taught or like you just said we have options we don't use them a lot but they're there and so it's really nice to know that this exists and i can't i can't like imagine a cooler story that was really really badass yeah and baby soleil is just stunning she's perfect she Uh, is perfect yeah yeah, Thank so I think so I would just end on doing the research because mm-hmm. I think it's really important doing the research what's out there. And and also when you, when researching, Google can sometimes be your friend and sometimes not your friend, but also there's some um, a lot of podcasts out there. Uh, I think there's one called The Birth Hour that's really good. And they talk about, um, you know, birth stories and they have medical professionals on, they have midwives on. So even, you know, reaching out to things like that, that could give some alternative ideas and information. It's mm. not just like WebMD or something. Right know? on. Yeah. All right. Well, thank, thank you, you everyone so for much. listening. Thank you, Shauna. And uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Peace. Aloha. Thanks.